0: Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest, disinterested people in Jesus Christ, and they grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. So if you were with us last week, I painted a picture for you. Actually, I painted four pictures for you of what I believe really Family ought to represent, and right now, if you're with us in this series, uh, I want you to remember that we are enlarging the idea of family right now to accommodate actually where we are uh, in a season this season and in our culture so right now, really what i 'm talking about is the the people that you are together with all the time these four pictures represent let me just remember uh, help you remember them real quickly. Uh, family ought to represent a place where your credibility is established. This is, uh, all of our circles ought to be places that grow our character. We ought to become increasingly better people as a result of the circle, as a result of the family uh, that we have. And we ought to welcome that value. We ought to welcome that challenge uh, into the room. If you were with us, we also talked about family ought to be a place where our faith is formed. I can tell you this about me right now. I feel like life is too short to be in a lot of circles that are that are eroding my faith. And I think uh, a lot of us are in places where that's a bit of a challenge. And here's what I would say to you. Family ought to be, at the very least, it ought to be a place where our faith is formed, where we are growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way really to do that is to welcome Jesus Christ into that circle by the power of His Holy Spirit to join us in that time. Thirdly, fa- uh, family ought to be a place that is a refuge from life's storms. Uh, what does that look right like right now with so much conflict, with so much chaos going in our world? Our homes ought to be havens of blessings and places of peace. It's interesting that when I mentioned that last week, that I had some people even ask me some ideas as to you know, what would that look like to build that value into our home in stronger and more consistent ways than maybe we've done that uh, so in the past. That's a great challenge for us right now. And then, of course, lastly, I think families ought to be a place where life gets to start over. And again, lots of comments around that. I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, my my life is not perfect. And I got to tell you, if you uh, talk to my wife, she would tell you, that my life is not perfect and if you think about my wife you would know she would know that my life is not perfect and so we all need places where really life can start over and i think the only way to do that is to develop our muscles and to learn really how to say can can we have that conversation again can we start over around this value can we just lean in again uh, I think the the families that are doing the best right now, especially in this season, are, are families that are welcoming that value uh, into their circle. Let's just start over. In fact, just say that with me. Let's just start over. That's such a powerful thing. Well, today what I want to do, I want to move our focus, uh, I think, into the natural place where a lot of this vision, if it's going to happen, where a lot of this vision is going to be carried out. And so I want to enter into a conversation with you about your mouth, and maybe even more specifically, your tongue. And I want to read a passage of Scripture for you that uh, happens uh, in one of the books in the Bible. Uh, This is James, who is the, we say it this way, the half-brother of Jesus. And embedded in his letter toward the back end of the New Testament, James says some very incredible things about, frankly, taming the tongue. And uh, I want to read this to you, and I want to share with you uh, some uh, important ideas around this. Here is how James writes it. He says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault and what they say is perfect, he writes, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark, and the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, he goes on to say, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let's pray together. God, will you come now by the power of your Holy Spirit Would you teach us important things that we need to know from this text? And would you, God, by your spirit, do what only you can do? And that is bridge the gap from something something written so long ago that has such power and challenge for us right now in this moment. Come, Lord, and be our teacher. We are listening. For we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Now, let me just say a couple of things real quickly. First of all, again, many of you know, this is Jesus' uh, brother. And uh, this is one of the most practical letters in the Bible. In fact, we uh, might know historically, it was almost not even included in the canon of Holy Scripture in in many ways for its incredible practicality. And, And in many ways, we can be so grateful that it did make it into the canon. Some of the greatest practical writing in Holy Scripture happens in this letter, and some of the greatest challenge about the tongue happens in this letter. First of all, I just want to say really as an aside, so if you're following with me, this is even extra material I want to say. I don't want to miss my moment here. James is really writing out of the context around so many people trying to be experts, really, about the teaching of God's Word. And the challenge, the gentle challenge, in fact, it's really not that gentle, is to say a lot of us should not aspire to do that because anyone who aspires to be a teacher should know they're going to incur a stricter judgment. And I find some incredible cultural connection in this right now. And I just don't want to, again, don't want to miss my moment because really what I think here is so many of us have so many opinions about everything right now in our culture, even about all of these kinds of subjects and these kinds of ideas. It is important every now and again to let the Word of God speak uh, on its own to our lives. And rather than be the teacher, we should be the learner. We should be the listener. And this is what James is encouraging us to do right right now. And so uh, it's interesting, his words, to talk to us about the tongue. Uh, I was thinking about this, and maybe I've even said before, certainly prior to COVID, this is what I know, I read somewhere that the average person will have 30 conversations in a day. And I have to say, I wonder now with the COVID going on, how many uh, uh, elevated uh, conversations we, we may be having as a result of you know just being together uh, too much. You know, but this is sort of an interesting thing. If you do the math on that, that literally means that many of us will spend one-fifth of our lives talking. And you know who you are. Some of you will spend one-third or one-half of your life talking. I know an old joke some of you may remember I've said before is that someone wrote somewhere, one sociologist said that the average man will speak 20,000 words a day. The average woman will speak 35,000 words a day with gusts up to 38,000 words a day. I can tell you this. I know in my home, my wife says it's me who has the gusts up to, up to 38,000 words a day. But here's the bottom line that I want to get right to. If we really want our families and our relationships to work well, we're going to have to learn to manage our tongues better. And so this is some real practical application for us. And I think James gives us three things that I want us to consider that are very important right in the text. And the first one, if you're taking notes, maybe you're on your Community of Hope app, I want to encourage you to do that, or you're writing them down in a journal, or you're writing them down uh, in your Bible. Here's the first thing that James says to us. He says, my mouth will direct where I go. Look at what he says here in verses 3 and 4. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And then he goes on to say, or take ships as an example, although they're large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. I have some dear friends in my life whose daughter right now is learning to ride a horse. In fact, I want to show you a picture. This is my friend Riley on the horse she's riding named Lyra. And she's learning to jump. And this is such an incredible picture. But if you'll notice, Riley is holding on to the reins of the horse. And the reins are connected to the bit that's in the mouth. And she, as this little young girl, can turn this horse so much larger than her any way she wants to with just a little tug on the reins. And this is the kind of idea that James is pointing out here. I don't know about you, but I can tell you this about me. I am sometimes amazed at the power of my words and the power of my words in terms of creating an atmosphere in my house or creating an atmosphere or a dynamic within a relationship. What James is really wanting us to understand right now is that literally speaking, our words can decide the direction of our lives. In fact, I think of it this way. Maybe you want to write it down. If you want to change the direction or the course of your life, change your vocabulary. This is a really important subject that James is talking about. My mouth literally directs where I go. Now, I got to tell you, that right there is almost enough for us to consider, but James doesn't stop. He pours it on. And in these next verses, I think he even ups the challenge a few more notches. And in verse five or six, I'm going to put this on the screen and I want you to read it. He says this, he says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. He says, consider in this moment what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Now I want to stop. This is really important for us to think about right now. And I got to tell you, tremendous cultural connection. Because, you know, I was thinking about this message this week and what we wanted to communicate. And what I wanted to remind you is for us right now, many of us in our culture right now, when I'm talking about our mouths and when I'm talking about our tongue, I'm also talking, as Pastor Trevor reminded us a few weeks back, about our fingers or about our thumbs. And right now, the power of social media and the influence of social media in our culture is one of the things that I believe is your pastor, one of your pastors is the one of the most corrosive things that's literally taking place right now in our culture. And so James, Jesus' brother has some strong challenge around this. You know, um, many of us have seen the, the, the power of a fire at work. You know, a few years ago, I think it was in 2018, some of you know that uh, I had surgery uh, on a knee uh, I had uh crawled up on a ladder, to put you know uh Christmas lights up uh after thanksgiving, fallen off the ladder, tore my meniscus uh ripped through my a c l and had to have all that repaired and i I'll never forget uh one Sunday afternoon uh, after the surgery uh when I was laying on my bed feeling sorry for myself, I dozed off to sleep, and uh I woke up hearing some noise out the back of our house. Our house backs up to a preserve. And we, we just feel so privileged that, that that is behind our home. And I remember uh, you know, waking up, opening one eye, and looking out across my backyard, and the preserve was on fire. And we had, quite honestly, we had a couple of young guys that live in our neighborhood that were horsing around back there, playing with matches, and lit the preserve on fire. In fact, I want to show you a picture that I took of that moment. That's what I woke up to. And uh, this is sort of a good image that I think James is trying to communicate to us uh, about the power of the tongue. I think, really, every one of us knows the shame of saying something in the heat of the moment we wished to the Lord we could take back. And I believe every one of us lives with the idea and the memory of some word spoken to us by someone else in the heat of a moment that has in some way changed or impacted our lives. When I was in seminary taking a pastoral ministry class, I can remember in this pastoral ministry class, one of my professors sharing with us that some of our most delicate work as ministers of the gospel will be to help people navigate healing and hope through three things. One is, he I've never forgotten, he said, is moral mistakes. When we have driven off the road morally in some area in our lives, and and he said some of your most delicate work will be helping people navigate how to get on the other side of that. He said another thing, uh, that it, it, it is difficult is um, bad memories. And he said, you're going to have people come to you and and they're going to have memories about something they did or something that someone did to them. They're going to have uh, traumatic memories about you know some terrible thing that's happened in their lives. And he said, some of your most delicate work will be helping people to realize the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the healing power of the Holy Spirit through that. And then he said one more thing. And he said, some, "Some of your most delicate work will be helping people navigate an old motto, And I can remember when we asked, like, what do you mean by that?" And he said, "People have had words spoken over them in a moment of anger or in a moment of abuse. And he said, "They live with the weight of those words every single day." Now this is exactly what James is challenging us about right now. And and I know that when I'm saying this, I'm thinking about areas in my own life where I've been on both sides of this coin, where I've said something I wished I could take back, or where someone has said something to me or about me that I've run into that I continue to hold on to that is in some way has a power in my life. James is saying it's like a fire and it burns out of control. And so we have to be careful about this. You know, again, just a bit of a cultural connection. I was reading an article a few weeks ago about what I think is a a great evil right now in our world, which has been referred to oftentimes as the cancel culture. Maybe you've heard about that. That if somebody says something that you disagree with, if Somebody makes some remark, they point towards something, they suggest something that you don't agree with. Right now in our culture, what's very popular is we cancel this person out. And and it's a particular evil right now in our culture because I believe when we do that, it prevents us really from doing the three kinds of things most needed in our relationships, which are the demonstration of empathy, the ability or the opportunity to repent, And the ability or opportunity to receive forgiveness. Many of us have relationships where, you know, there are parts, whole parts of that relationship where we're not any longer able to say anything. We're not any longer able to speak into that. Many of us have people that we haven't spoken to in a long time as a result of, you know, in some ways we've just been canceled out. And the only way that we're really going to receive the forgiveness of God, the only way we're really going to see healing in that is to be able to gently open that word, sit with someone, do what James is encouraging us here to be, you know, quick to listen and so to slow to speak and to exercise the value of repentance and the value of forgiveness. And this is the way God has wired us to be. And this is why I think this is so powerful. So when James is writing, James says, you know, around these ideas and around the tongue and around managing our mouths, you know, our mouth can direct where where we go. Our mouth can, um, you know, uh, destroy what we have. And then James says one other thing, and this might even be the most challenging. He says our mouth literally can define who we are. And in James chapter three, verses nine and 10, let's look at this real quickly. He says this, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. With our tongue, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Brothers and sisters, he says, this isn't what should be happening. He goes on to to say uh, this. He says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And here's what I think really James is pointing at. James is pointing out this idea that our mouths reveal our inner character and the direction of our heart. You know, I was thinking about this. When you and I go to the doctor, what is one thing they do? They put that awful stick in our mouths and ask us to stick out our tongue, because a doctor knows when you do that, your tongue is going to communicate in so many ways what's going on inside of you. This is what James is saying. He literally asks the question, you know, how is it that praise or blessing and cursing can come out of the same mouth? I, I, I see an exercise there. And I wonder sometimes if we would take a moment and think about what it is actually that comes out of our mouth. Is it more praise? Is it more gratitude? Is it more empathy and compassion? Or is it resentment? Is it bitterness? In fact, I was thinking about this. A lot of us even have mastered our speech over our vulgarity, but we're still sarcastic and we're negative, and we're uneven-tempered as it's spoken. This is a challenge for us. And I got to tell you, I think similar to the idea and the analogy about the doctor asking us to stick our tongue out, our tongue at the end of the day, I think Scripture would remind us it's not the problem. It points to the problem. The problem's actually deeper and it points to really what's going on in our heart. I was reading an article last week that says, you know what? Over time, we train ourselves to be negative. Over time, we train ourselves not to be, not to have gratitude or not to have compassion. If we lean into these, you know, values that are out of alignment, Over time, when we do it enough, we literally become and embody those misshapen values. And James is just reminding us, this is actually the kind of stuff, if we listen to ourselves, it'll speak to us the direction of our heart. Well, I don't really want to end with a challenge without offering hope. For me, when I was praying about this message been praying about this in my own life. I thought of a a verse by by the Apostle Paul who reminds us of a great thing that I think has real strong value that I want to mention and point to right now before we close our time. Paul writes in Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, he says this. He says, hey, brothers and sisters, even as like James is talking about brothers and sisters, here's Paul talking about brothers and sisters, and he says this. Whatever it is that is true, whatever it is that is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about, focus your mind on these things. And then notice what he says as he goes on, whatever you've learned or received in me, put in practice and the peace of God will be with you. And so I want to just encourage you this morning and this weekend, wherever it is you might be, when you think about managing your mouth, is your mouth directing where you go? Do you like where you're headed? Is your mouth destroying what you have? What adjustments would you make there? Is your mouth literally defining who you are? What needs to change in that moment? And I believe with all my heart, God, by His grace, God, by his mercy, can meet you there and help you better manage your mouth. And maybe, if we're hopeful, your fingers and your thumbs too. Would you pray with me? Lord, I'm so grateful for this time and for this moment. I thank you for these words of James, the brother of our Lord, and and the challenging way that he invites us into taking a deeper look at what we say. And we know right now, Lord, we can say it with our mouths, but we can also say it with our hands and with our fingers. Might we be the people who learn over time with careful attention under your Spirit's direction to be the kinds of people, wherever we go, as Paul would say, that we would spread abroad the fragrance of the knowledge of the Son of God in every place. Help us better manage our mouth in this season when we are together. This we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, I want to say two quick things. First of all is this, if you want to take a next step, you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord, you'd like us to help you in that moment, uh, if in, in that value. If you would text the word next to the number on the screen. We'd love to reach out and connect with you in a more important way around this content and this conversation. And then lastly, I want to say this. We're privileged this weekend, really, uh, to have some folks who are stepping into Christian baptism. Our church continues to grow. People are continuing to grow in their relationship with the Lord in this time. Would you hang on? Could I just ask you as your pastor, hang on an extra couple of minutes and check out these videos we want you to see right now Go in God's grace. We'll see you next weekend.